Welcome to Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, June 14th. I'm your host, Anastasia Yuglova. Ali Al-Mari, a man suspected of being an Al-Qaeda sleeper agent, has been in U.S. custody since 2001, held as an enemy combatant without being charged for any crimes. In a decision Monday, the 4th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that the Federal Military Commissions Act does not repeal Al-Mari's right to challenge his detention in court. Cato legal scholar Timothy Lynch comments on the meaning of the decision. Tell me a little about the case and the decision that the court reached. Okay, well, this case involves a guy named Almari, and he is a citizen of Qatar, and he came to the United States on September 10th, 2001, one day before 9-11. And he claims that he was coming to the United States to study at American University, but he was arrested a few months later on charges of terrorism, and his case initially started in criminal court. He was facing criminal charges. Then President Bush designated him as an enemy combatant, and then he was transferred from the civilian court system into military custody, and he's been held in a military brig for four years. And then his lawyers have been bringing a constitutional challenge to his imprisonment, saying that he's being imprisoned in violation of his constitutional rights. And then finally, this court made the decision, and they said that he has been held in violation of the law, and that he either needs to be charged with a crime, or deported, or released. So how is this decision different from the Hamdi and Hamdan cases last year? Well, the Hamdan case is a case involving trial before military tribunals. These issues I know get pretty complicated, but some of them involve cases in which the president wants to try people for war crimes before military tribunals. This isn't a tribunal case. This is a case where the president simply wants to hold somebody and keep them in prison without charging them in civilian court or charging them before a military tribunal. The case of Hamdi, he is an American citizen who was captured on the battlefield over in Afghanistan. He was initially brought to Guantanamo Bay to be held like all the other prisoners there. But when they discovered that he was an American citizen, they thought they had to move him to the United States to be held in a military brig. They wanted to keep non-Americans aliens imprisoned down in Guantanamo Bay. So when they found out that he was an American, they moved him to the United States where he was held in a military brig in South Carolina. And then his case started in the court system. And then that case eventually reached the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court said that the president could not hold him in violation of the Constitution. Can you just go back there a little bit? What happened in the Padilla case? Just remind the listeners. Okay, Padilla was the man who was arrested at Chicago's O'Hare Airport. And he was initially started in the civilian criminal justice system, and then President Bush designated him as an enemy combatant. So he was moved from the civilian system into military custody, where he was locked up in a military brig. He was not allowed to meet with his lawyers, and he was locked up for three years as his lawyers were filing claims in the courts arguing that his constitutional rights had been violated. And just when it looked like the Supreme Court was going to take the case and declare this power that the president has been claiming illegal, the Bush administration moved him back into the civilian court system and charged him with criminal offenses. And he's now on trial for ordinary criminal terrorist-type offenses in the state of Florida. But the Bush administration was successful in keeping his case out of the Supreme Court by saying, like, there's no reason to hear the enemy combatant controversy anymore because now we're charging him with criminal offenses. 
Why did the administration move in such a way? Was that some sort of attempt to keep negative publicity away from the administration? I don't think it was so much negative publicity. It was everybody knew that these were far-reaching claims that the Bush administration was making, that the president could, on his own, declare anybody including American citizens right here in the United States, to be an enemy combatant and with the stroke of a pen, basically eliminating their constitutional rights. So it was a very far-reaching claim. Chances are they probably would have lost in the Supreme Court. They saw that coming, so they decided that they would move him out of military custody to keep that Supreme Court precedent from taking place. So that's why they moved him back into the civilian custody down in the state of Florida. And and that's what a lot of people need to keep in mind is that a lot of people like law professor John Yu sometimes says, well, there's the criminal justice system and there's the laws of war. But we have to keep in mind that these systems interact with one another. Almari started off in the criminal justice system. And according to John Ashcroft, when plea bargaining negotiations failed, they designated him to be an enemy combatant. When he wasn't pleading, apparently pleading guilty to criminal offenses, they decided he would be designated to be an enemy combatant, and they would just have to lock them up without any trial whatsoever. So these systems interact with one another, and we have to keep that in mind. I understand that it's already outrageous that the president can just designate somebody an enemy combatant, but barring that, are there some guidelines that put the burden on the president to prove to the courts why he's making that decision, that it's not a completely arbitrary designation for somebody that is not a reasonable threat to the United States? Well, you're right. The Bush administration starts off by saying they do not have to justify anything. They're saying that, look, the president is commander-in-chief. He gets to decide who the prisoners are going to be, and the court should not be second-guessing and micromanaging his decisions in that respect. But they also realize that when a habeas corpus petition is filed, the great writ of habeas corpus is all about the prisoner's one opportunity to get into court to make his case to a judge that some kind of mistake has been made and that he isn't involved in terrorism. So the courts may require Bush's lawyers to come up with justifications for holding a person behind bars without putting them on trial. And that is where the Bush administration then takes baby steps and they'll try to offer some justification for holding the prisoners, but these are grudging things. They will sometimes just file a statement by some official saying that they have information that the person was at a terrorist training camp. But the proof is very thin sometimes, and the Bush administration does not want to get into that situation where they have to justify to the courts why they're holding people. Why did the Fourth Circuit distinguish between persons held on the U.S. mainland and the 300-something enemy combatants held elsewhere, such as Guantanamo? Well, the short answer to that question is the Military Commission Act. This is a law that Congress passed just before the election in October. It's called the Military Commission Act, and it basically restricts the legal appeals of prisoners at Guantanamo Bay. And it basically says that there are habeas corpus petitions it restricts the right of habeas corpus from those prisoners, and they can only bring claims of innocence or mistreatment before these combatant status review panels down in Guantanamo Bay. And once that process is worked out, they might be able to appeal to a court in the United States here in, in the District of Columbia. But the Military Commission Act is limited to the prisoners at Guantanamo Bay. Because this guy, Almare, was held in the United States in a military brig in South Carolina, his case is a little bit different. So there are no implications whatsoever for prisoners in Guantanamo? 
Well, the lawyers down there are going to try to seize upon this ruling to say that the president is overstepping the bounds of his office, but the administration is going to come back with this distinction, saying that the Military Commission Act applies to Guantanamo, and that's the important difference between the two cases. And how do you feel about the decision? Well, it is an important decision because a lot of people have forgotten that the president has asserted sweeping powers here on U.S. soil. We've heard about Abu Ghraib, some of the prisons we have in Iraq. We've heard about secret CIA black sites around the world. And, of course, we've heard of Guantanamo Bay, which has gotten the most attention as far as prisoners in the war on terror. But the president has also asserted powers here in the United States, and the most sweeping claim he has made since 9-11 is that because he is the president, because we're at war, he's the commander-in-chief, and he can basically arrest anybody in the world and put that person in solitary confinement in a military brig and restrict that person's access to counsel and to the civilian court system. And this is the Jose Padilla case. This is the Hamdi case. He's even asserted this against U.S. citizens here on U.S. soil. And this is another case. It involves a non-citizen, Almari, but it is a reminder that the president has asserted these powers against lawful immigrants here on U.S. soil. And the court just came back and said, look, the president cannot, with a stroke of the pen, eliminate the constitutional rights of people. The president has done some things differently than we've seen in some past wars. In the past wars during the Civil War, President Lincoln tried to suspend the writ of habeas corpus. President Bush has taken a different tack. He hasn't tried to suspend habeas corpus. He's kind of come at it indirectly. He's kind of said, look, I can lock anybody up and they can file habeas corpus petitions if they want to, but he's told the courts that they should have to simply throw them out of court, that the courts really don't have a role in second-guessing any decision he has made as far as locking people up. And the court has basically said that the president has overstepped the bounds of his office, so it's a very important ruling in that respect. The administration plans to appeal the Almari decision, so the fight here isn't over yet, is it? No, it continues. There's prisoners at Guantanamo Bay that are pursuing their appeals and their challenges to the Military Commission Act, and this decision is definitely a blow to the legal theory of the Bush administration, so they have said that they plan to appeal to the full Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals, and if they lose there, we'll have to see if they want to take it to the Supreme Court. A lot of lawyers think that they will lose at the Supreme Court, but we'll just have to see, wait and see what appeals they pursue. Thank you, Tim. Thank you for listening to Cato Daily Podcast. If you like what you hear and would like to learn more about Cato, please visit us on the website www.cato.org.